Okay, we are live. This is our last lunch break, and we are going to be going through a chapter of Tehillim that is a well-known chapter, but I'd like to share with you a brand new perspective, a fresh perspective. Well, not brand new, it's from the Malbim, but it's a beautiful, beautiful take, uh, which I had not, I personally had not been aware of until just a few moments ago. So let's read through this chapter of Tehillim, the 23rd chapter. Many people know it by heart. Uh, it's it's so well known. Let's read it together and we'll ask a couple of questions and then I'll share with you a beautiful perspective from the Malbim. So here we go. Okay. So chapter 23, Mizmar Lidavid. Okay, right? We all know this chapter. Mizmar Lidavid Hashem Roi Lo Efzar. Right? So a psalm of David, Hashem is my shepherd, I shall not lack, or I lack nothing. Lo Efzar, I'm not missing anything. Binoz Desha Yarbitzeni. He allows me to lie down in lush, in lush pastures. He leads me to waters in places of rest. Okay, so far so good. Now here we get, uh, things get a little bit trickier. He re- so the way they translate it, and many translate it, the Ibn Ezra and others, is that he renews my life. But the 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 way that should be stated is nafshi yoshev or yeshov uh, or yashuv or something. But the double bays is actually seems grammatically off. What does nafshi yeshovev mean? Um, that seems to indicate a different word, and we'll come back to what that word could mean. But the classic translation is like the one we see over here that he renews my life. Okay, yancheni v'magle tzedek leman shemo. He guides me. And again, they translate this in right paths or paths of righteousness as befit his name. Now here too, it's a little bit funny. A ma'agal is actually a circle. You would think, uh, in the pathways of, of, of righteousness or righteousness is normally associated with a straight line. Over here, a circle of righteousness seems a little bit funny, a little bit off. Okay, so we'll have to come back to what the significance of that is. Then he continues. So it starts off all idyllic, right? God, you... Uh, you know, you, you bring me to lush pastures, um, everything is good. And then the very famous line, even as I walk through the valley of the deepest darkness uh, lo, or the shadow of death, lo ira ra, I will not fear evil. Ki imadi, you are with me. You are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Okay, so um, we, David Amalek still talking about himself as if he is a sheep and God is his shepherd. Okay, so so far that is a very clear symbolism. David is the sheep. He is following God. God is watching over him, both in seemingly good times as well as not such good times. Then the, the, the metaphor seems to change. Taroch lefanai sholcha neged. So you spread a table and be before me in full view of my enemies. Dishanta vashem and roshi kosir avaya. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows or my drink is abundant. Right, all of a sudden, the sheep is now sitting at a table, right? It seems a little bit funny. There's like a bit of a pretty dramatic transition between the first four verses of this chapter and this fifth one. All of a sudden, something very different is going on over here. And the commentators struggle with this. Like, what, what happened to the, the metaphor that David was invoking until now? And then he says, Ach tov v'chesed yudifuni kol yamei Only goodness. Now, the word ach could mean however, 
It can also mean only. Okay, so we'll come back to those two possibilities. And I will sit in the house of God for all of my days. Okay, beautiful chapter. It is captivating. I don't have to add any commentary, and it's beautiful. It's powerful. Uh, so many, right? This chapter speaks to us, speaks to so many people. Um, it, it's a chapter that's well known by, by both Jews and Christians alike. It, it's just, it's a very evocative and powerful, short, but, but evocative and powerful chapter of Tehillim. Now, I want to share with you the Malbim's approach to this chapter. It, it, it sheds a lot of light, and it makes this chapter, to me, even come even more alive. So the Malbim suggests that this chapter really, in some ways, is a reflection of David on, not just on the entirety of his life, but really on what's important to David. What, what, what is the, the life that David really wants? We know that David is really the first full-fledged king the Jewish people have. Of course, they have Shaul before him, who was the other major king before him. But David does a tremendous job in conquering and, and defeating the nations all around. Um, he started, He sets the foundation for building the base of Migdash. David is, you know, at the zenith of power, okay? Right? That We know that, right? David is David Malchus Yisrael. We think of Malchus. We think of, of kingship and Judaism. We associate that with David. But nonetheless, what does David say? David says, this, these opening chapter, opening verses of the 23rd chapter, suggest the Malbim, is a reflection of David in the early parts of his life. What do we know about David? He himself was a shepherd. He himself was a shepherd. We know that David's profession, and the, 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 the Navi speaks about this often, that David was a shepherd. He watched other sheep. Who was David's shepherd? Hashem was a shepherd. And what does David say? David, the shepherd, says, Hashem, roi lo Hashem, you know, I'm a shepherd. You are my shepherd. I lack nothing. David lives a simple, simple life. He has everything he needs, David says. He has the green pastures. He has waters, he, water. He has grass and water. David has, you know, he has the most simple, basic necessities of life. And David is content. He's very happy with this. Things are good. The first two verses speak to David as he reminisces of his early days, of his early stages in life when life was uncomplicated, when it was just God and David. You know, you can imagine a person with David's soaring soul. You can imagine how, um, how, how, how um, conducive being a shepherd was to David's relationship with Hashem. Here is David. David is the, 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 the one with these powerful, bursting emotions. And it's just him and God in solitude. There's just some sheep in the background, but it's, it's just God and David. It's amazing. And he has everything he needs. He doesn't need food. David is the man. You know, the thing that David thirsts for is closeness to God. And there is nothing more uh, close to God than being all alone in the debt, you know, taking these sheep along. And therefore, the opening two verses speak to David in those first stages of life. And he is reminiscing on the beauty of those stages. But then things start to change. Nafshi is shoviv. Now again, we saw that the translation, as many see it, is that he renews my life. Okay? But Yishovev, some of the commentators, the Malbim, among others, said it comes more from the word like, um, uh, um, uh, sh- um, what's the, sh- um, I'm blanking on the word now, but shovivim, that, uh, what's the beginning of the verse of Pasuk in Yirmiyahu, uh, where, 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 where God says, I will bring back the souls of shovivim. Shovivim are backward, or souls that are, are restless, that are not um, calm. It's almost the opposite of a yeshiva, which means to be settled. Shovev is a, a backward, a, a rebellious soul. So basically what, what, what David is saying is really the opposite. Nafshi is shovev, God, you disrupt my soul. There is a disruption to my soul. What is he referring to? He's referring to the path of his life. David is taken from being a shepherd 
and he is slowly but surely brought into the palace of Shaul HaMelech. He first is brought to the battlefield. You suppose he's there, you know, he's brought to the battlefield. He's delivering food, right? He's delivering food to his brothers. And, and, and he, he walks into this, this grand spectacle where Goliath is going ahead and challenging them. And David says, okay, no one else is going to step up. I'll step up. And David is brought in. He's, he's known to be a good musician. He's brought into Shaul's palace. And Shaul now becomes, you know, sees him. Oh, God is manipulating his life, but he's causing problems to his life. David is complaining on some level. He's saying, Nafshi Shovev, you are disrupting my life. And here, listen to what he says. Yancheni tzedek. It is a path of righteousness, but it's a circular path of righteousness. God brings about that David will no longer be able to be a shepherd. The, the, the Malbim suggests a little story, a parable of this individual, this ascetic, who doesn't want to live. He's a prince, but he doesn't want to live in the palace. And what the king goes ahead, and but, but the king needs the son to, to lead the kingdom. So what the, the king sends his servants to go ahead and burn the prince's shack, which is out in the forests. And the shack gets burnt. And so the prince has to find a new place to live. He comes a little bit closer to the city and he builds himself a new place. And the king sends his messengers to go ahead and destroy that new abode, the new place. And again and again and again until finally he finds himself live, you know, and he keeps on building nicer places, more, more sturdy places until eventually he's ready to be the king, right? He's ready to come back into the palace. That's what's going on over here. Nafshi Yashovev, God, you are disrupting my soul. You are taking me in a path of righteousness, but it is a circular path. God is leading me on all these crazy paths, pulling me away from my life of solitude, pulling me away from this life of just me, this life of serenity where it's just me and God. Laman Shemo, for the sake of God. David recognizes, he's reflecting on his life. He's thinking back to the good old days when all he had was, so to speak, grass and water, and he was content. And he sees that God went ahead and he manipulated his life, for God's sake, to bring him to the seat of Malchus. And that's what he refers to in these next verses. And David, the, the, the steps that David took to get him to the throne were quite challenging. His life was threatened time and time and time and time again by many. By Shaul, his, his, his predecessor, you know, the, the king of Israel, his father-in-law, uh, by his children. Right, The path to the throne, the path to being, David Melch Yisrael was, was one that was filled with, with the shadow of death. But nonetheless, David, who recognizes that everything along the way, that his whole life was really one orchestration, that when he started to see how God was really manipulating the situation, then even when he couldn't see that, even as he faced new challenges, by recognizing from his past difficult experiences that God was watching over him, he was filled with faith knowing that all future difficult situations, all the subsequent challenges that he went through, he knew that Hashem was with him. That God's rod and staff, even things which are used to beat the sheep, that hit the sheep, they comfort him. When, as soon as we realize that it is God who is behind all of our suffering, as soon as we realize that God is behind the challenges, the situations we find ourselves in, then it is no longer um, anxiety-ridden. It is no longer something which causes us to be 
to be in fear. Instead, those same punishment, those same difficulties actually bring us comfort. As soon as we're able to see that it is God who is with us, God who is causing us to be in these in the shadow of death, then that brings us comfort. And now we can understand what Pasuk Hey, what the fifth verse is doing over here. What now David is talking about is that he has transitioned. He is no longer the simple shepherd, but now Tarach Lefanai Sholchan. Now David says, now I'm sitting here. God, you set up a table before me in full view of my enemies. My enemies, they're, they're watching me, enjoy myself, but they can't attack me because God, you brought me to this place of kingship. Now, right? So this is, this is not just a random Pasuk, which seems out of place. On the contrary, it is the entire sequence of his life from the simple shepherd through the difficulties, and now he's sitting at the table, the table of, of kingship, his head is overflowing with oil, a, a sign of prominence, a sign of wealth, instead of the water that he referred to in the opening verses, now he's speaking about a cup overflowing. Now he has everything. He's living this abundant life. Here, David Amalek says the most beautiful thing. He says, not only goodness and, and, and love or kindness, but rather, however, Goodness and kindness will chase me my whole life. This is, this is such an important idea for, for, for all leaders, but certainly David Amalek. David is saying, yeah, I have all the good, I have all the kindness, but I don't want it. David's saying, I still want to be the shepherd. However, it will always be chasing me because I'm always going to be running away from it, David says. Because what does David really want? David really wants to be that simple shepherd. David really wants to throw it all away. David really wants to sit there and just communicate to God, to play to, to, to play his beautiful music and compose his beautiful poetry and sing to God and connect to God in the simplicity. So he's always going, so yes, he has it all. His enemies can't attack him. He has all the wealth in the world. He's, at, again, at the pinnacle the pinnacle of the Jewish people, the highest point of history, but he's constantly running away. He's constantly running away because it's not something that he wants. We are expected to run away from Kavod. And David Amalek is saying that over here. However, goodness and kindness will chase me my whole life. Even though I have it all, says David, however, it will always chase me because I don't want it. I don't want that. I want the simple life. I don't want all this prestige. I don't want all this authority. I want to just be alone with you, Hashem, my shepherd. And he concludes, and he concludes with the promise that no matter where he is, whether he is the shepherd who is all alone, or whether he is in battle, whether he is in the shadow of death, whether he is standing at the throne of royalty, surrounded by abundance, no matter what, he will always be sitting in the house of Hashem. He will always have Hashem in front of him, wherever Hashem leads him. Right? A totally different way of understanding this chapter. Again, seeing this as a reminiscence of his whole life, speaking to the dreams, the aspirations of David. David saying, I don't want the kavod. I don't want the royalty. I don't want the wealth. David just wants to be alone with Hashem. Uh, you know, David was given a challenging life. We don't always get what we want. David was given a very challenging life, but he dreams of those moments, and those moments inspire him. Those moments of solitude, you know, People, you know, people feel overwhelmed by life. We want to sometimes run away from all the busyness. It's not practical. We can't do so. As, as, you know, as time goes on, we assume new responsibilities. Things happen that are beyond our control. But what David Amelech is speaking to is that those dreams, the dream of those quiet times are things which always animate his life. And uh, even when he found himself it's so incredibly busied and harried, busy and harried and, and surrounded by all of his obligations, he was still able to constantly, that those moments of quiet with him and Hashem, 
animated every moment of his life and I imagine, I imagine, was what gave him the inspiration to be able to continue to write that beautiful poetry, to continue to find the connection to God by thinking about those days and never losing sight of them, recognizing that that's the ideal. Yes, he is busy now. Yes, he doesn't have the time and the headspace to be able to connect to God in the same way, but he dreams of it. It's an aspiration of his and because of that, he's able to bring a little bit of that solitude, a little bit of that connection uh, to God, seeing God as a shepherd even in his most busy and even in his darkest of times. Okay, so as I as I as it was sent out in the email, this is the last lunch break for uh, the summer. Uh, we'll we'll see what happens after the summer. We have to take a little break. I apologize. It's been a great run. Um, I'm going to be out of town in a little bit, so then uh, just for the summer we're going to take things a little bit a little bit of a different pace. Um, so thank you all for joining me for learning together. It's been wonderful, um, and God willing, we'll continue doing some learning on Facebook.